0: In this episode, we're doing the always sure to impress stuffed peppers. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host and certified Ganger marge, and I love helping cooks make safe and effective edibles at home. I'm so glad you're here and thank you for joining me today. And before we get into this week's episode, the cannabis quote of the week. Struggle is the enemy, weed is the remedy. By Anonymous. And I like to think Anonymous was also referring to edibles when they made that quote, because weed in food is an even better way to enjoy it, I think. And I've been enjoying a lot of edibles in the evenings lately. Sometimes I do the layering thing where people like eat edibles and then while they're waiting for themselves, waiting to come up on the edibles, they're consuming cannabis while smoking joints, or in my case, I like a dry herb vaporizer. But lately I haven't really been doing that, which... I don't know why. I guess some days I just like to go back to my roots and enjoy that soft, gentle come up from the edibles that I really found that I enjoyed. And I mean, I will, of course, go back to using my dry herb vaporizer because I really do enjoy it. And my friend Temple Grower out of Saskatchewan, uh, Canada, sent me a few samples of his harvest. And I have to say it is spectacular. It's spectacular. He has a lot of videos on YouTube if you want to check those out, and he really knows what he's doing. I actually did an interview with him uh, not too long ago, if you haven't checked that episode out yet, when we talked about making concentrates, making your own concentrates. So thank you to TG for that lovely gift in the mail, because he's certainly been showing me how it can really look. I do grow my own cannabis and it turns out pretty decent. I don't have the most ideal outdoor setup. And I have to say this year, my outdoor setup has been pathetic. I literally only have one plant going right now. It's an auto flower. So at least it's going to finish before it gets too cold here where I am in Ontario, but I only have one and it's looking pretty tall and skinny. And I know it's a sativa, And thankfully it is not a flower because sativas often have a longer uh, time to grow between, you know, by the time it's vegging and flowering and whatnot. But it's a little disappointing, I have to say this here, because usually I have four in my yard, which is the legal amount that I can grow in Ontario. And I'll often do four out at my father's house, which I kind of like to do just not because I need a whole ton of weed because I'm actually not a heavy smoker by any means, but it's just kind of fun to hear my dad's comments cuz he'll often mention how he my dad is 90 about to turn 91 years old. In fact, he might be 91 by the time this episode comes out. And I did an interview with him actually quite a while ago. I should go back and listen to that. But he is in his 90s. He still lives at home. He's driving and going out and doing his thing and he has friends over probably Well, between coming over and him going out, he's playing pool with friends about five days a week. This guy's got a social life. But it was always interesting to hear the comments that he would tell me that he'd get when his friends, many of them churchgoers, would come into the house and notice these weed plants growing. (laughs) And I always thought that was kind of funny. Growing up, my, my parents were pretty religious and they were not very thrilled about my habit of consuming Actually, at the time, it was a lot of hash, but they definitely weren't too thrilled about my habit of consuming hash, even though I loved it. But my father was a very loving and patient dad, and even though he didn't really understand it, he always listened to me when I would probably drone on and on about the benefits of, of hash and how it wasn't this gateway drug that they were all saying it was, because I grew up in the time, of course, of the, there, I don't think they call it the DARE program, in Ontario here, but we had those assemblies where cops would come and tell us about the dangers of drugs and how if you started smoking weed, next thing you know you'd be shooting heroin in a back alley and all that kind of bullshit that we used to get. And of course my dad being an older fellow probably also lived through the whole reefer madness era. So can you blame him for being a little bit jaded about about weed and how you know, it's not as demonized as it used to be. Of course, I've been very instrumental in that because I've been much more open about my own cannabis use and growing weed at his house, but it's been a really cool project. So I kind of miss doing that this year. I'm I'm a little disappointed because here where I am in Canada, the summer is the only opportunity I have to grow weed. And after that, I have to move it indoors. And because winter is coming, yeah I don't like to think about that, so let's move on from that. But I do micro grows when it's not so pleasant outdoors, and that's i that's enjoyable as well, but my setup for that either isn't necessarily ideal for like growing spectacular cannabis, like my friend Temple Grower. So I do recommend you check out some of his YouTube videos. He is a prolific grower who really knows what he's doing. And he has some videos on grows. And I'll put those in the show notes because I find micro growing is a super accessible way for people to try their hand growing weed, but don't want to commit hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to some setup, or they're not wanting to take up an entire corner of a room or, or a tent or, or invest in all this time and energy if they're not even really sure they're going to enjoy the process. And microgrows are pretty, pretty fun and they don't take up much time, energy, or space. So he has a video. I'll link to it in the show notes. Now I have to apologize now that I've been going on for a few minutes that I may sound a little congested because at the time of this recording, I don't know what it is. Uh, Allergies? Is it a summer cold. It's definitely not COVID. I have tested for that a couple times out of concern for myself and those around me, but my sinuses just seem to be saying, Marge, not today, not today. So if I sound a little nasally, that's why my left sinus in particular has been uh, taking a break from being clear and free and easy to breathe. So uh, it's something I've been having to put up with, which in my line of work as a podcaster is not ideal. Anytime you sound not your usual self, it's a little, you know, but what can you do? The show must go on, as they say. And I am a dedicated professional to bite me the show about edibles. And have I said lately that I'm thankful that you're listening and that you're following along? because I wouldn't be doing this, I wouldn't be sitting here complaining about my sinus congestion if it wasn't for you guys. So I really do appreciate that, and I appreciate that you're here. And today we're talking about stuffed peppers. I've been wanting to do a stuffed pepper recipe for so long, and I'm not even really sure why. It's not like I cook stuffed peppers all the time, but I've been wanting to make them for a bit, and it's been on my list for probably a few months, but what can I say? I've been getting great guests, and I've been trying different episodes, or different recipes rather, so I finally found time to fit it in to my food creation schedule. And a lot of times these recipes I'm making to try out my own home kitchen, but I'm making them to like eat for dinner in this particular case. So, you know, it got into the rotation finally, and I'm pretty happy that I did it. Because stuffed peppers are one of those dishes that are actually pretty easy to make, if you've never made it before, of course. And not only are they easy to make, but they just look kind of impressive because it's I don't know, a stuffed pepper just has a bit of a wow factor. Uh, You could take all the things inside the stuffed pepper and put it on a plate and it would be almost the exact same thing, except you got this new cool little edible bowl. And I think that's what makes it so nice. So I wanted to do this and I found a recipe online. And of course you will find in the show notes and it was from delish.com. And one of my favorite things to do literally is to go on the internet or find a favorite cookbook or what, what have you and take that recipe and infuse it how I want it. And I love that you can take almost any recipe from wherever and make it into something medicated. And this it was no exception. The website itself, or not the website, but the the description itself Has a few little tips and tricks in it that I'll share with you as well. But to get started, really, what are you going to need? Well, you're going to need some rice. You're going to need olive oil. And you're going to use some of that for drizzling, which is where your infused olive oil is going to come in. You're going to need an onion, tomato paste, garlic, ground beef, diced tomatoes, oregano, salt, pepper, of course, the bell peppers and some cheese because you can sprinkle some cheese on top. And for those of you who are lactose intolerant, you can always skip the cheese or use some kind of alternative because it actually was really good with the cheese. So if you can add the cheese, but this was a pretty simple dish. So I just read through all those ingredients. Like I said, it's going to be linked to in the show notes, so you don't have to worry. But As you can tell, these are all things you probably have in your pantry or you can easily find at your local grocery store. There is nothing exceptional about the ingredient list for this particular recipe. And that is one of the things I really like about it. And it comes together pretty quickly and easily. And then you put it in the oven and that's when you can clean up your dishes or you can go sit on the couch and read a book or listen Hey, to an episode of Bite Me the Show About Edibles or whatever the case might be. And I'd love dishes like that where there's a bit of that bake time. Now, of course, if you're living in a really hot place and you don't have AC, maybe this isn't ideal. But as I record this today, it is so cold. I don't know what happened. We've been going through a heat wave, and then today it's been it's quite chilly actually. So it'd be a great day for that or cooking, and the oven is preheating. You're going to heat your oil, you're gonna cook your onions, then you put in your tomato paste and garlic, and then you add your ground beef and then you do drain the fat so you are so this recipe doesn't actually have it, it's a reasonable amount of calories for it but you're going to drain the fat cuz sometimes that ground beef really can leave a nice little pool of of grease at the bottom of the pan and then you're going to stir in your cooked rice and diced tomatoes you add your oregano salt pepper you let it cook for a few minutes to reduce some of the liquid from the from the diced tomatoes mostly and then that's when you're going to, and while that's cooking down, you're going to grate some cheese. It called for Monterey Jack. I did not have that. I had a two-year aged cheddar, which I always have in hand in my refrigerator because that's what I happened to buy. I didn't buy a specialty cheese for this. And that aged cheddar worked just as well as the Monterey Jack, although maybe it'd be nice to try it with that too. And then that's it. You, you Well, of course you have your peppers, you cut the tops off and then you put the stuff in the peppers. You put it in the oven, you let it bake. How long did it say you have to bake for? You bake it for 35 minutes and then you take the foil off that you've covered them with and you let it bake for 10 more minutes so you can really let the cheese get bubbly and brown a little bit. And of course, optionally, you can garnish with parsley as well for a nice little touch. I didn't actually add the parsley because uh, I didn't have any, but if you happen to have some wilting away in the fridge, then that's a, a nice little thing to add. And of course, this looks really nice. If you're wanting to really impress, you could add like a side salad and maybe some sliced vegetables or something like that to go with it on the plate so that it is, looks appealing. You're going to be plating this for somebody special or perhaps just for yourself, but it really makes a nice, well-rounded meal. Now you may be adding, you may be, now you may be saying, but Marge, how the hell did you infuse this? You haven't mentioned that yet. Well, I'm getting to that. Because the best part of this recipe is there's a few different ways you can infuse it. Now, one of the things I I should mention is that right now I'm living with my mother-in-law and my mother-in-law, I've probably mentioned this on episodes before, because this isn't a new thing. It was since, uh, you know, she's been with us for a few months and she doesn't really cook anymore. She, she does make herself tea and she'll make toast and, and, you know, toast and jam or things like that. Or she'll cook up an egg every so often, but she doesn't really cook anymore. That's fine. She'll eat almost, well, actually she is kind of a picky eater. So I'd say she eats whatever I cook, but no, that's not actually true. But when I cook, she'll she'll eat. But because I'm living with my elderly mother-in-law, I can't really just go around infusing everything because she sees weed as a drug, And she's a little leery of it, a little uncertain, I think. And it is because it's because she doesn't trust it. Now, of course, like my father, who is in his 90s, and she's in her 80s, she grew up in that reefer madness era. And she doesn't really trust it. So me getting her high, that's probably not going to be a good idea, not something I'd want to do to her even inadvertently. So I've been extra vigilant about making sure that I label everything. Not that I wasn't before because Chris isn't necessarily eating very many edibles these days, like hardly ever occasionally, but but I am extra vigilant always to label my stuff so that people know if they're reaching into the cookie jar that these cookies will get them fucked up or they won't. But most people actually who know me by now know I barely ever bake unless it's for the purposes of getting high or making bread. I do like to make bread too. But she did mention, I don't know who it was that gave her edibles once before thinking that it might help because she does herself suffer quite a bit of physical pain. And somebody gave her an edible and she always refers to it as, she mentioned that she, it got her so high it put her on the ceiling. That's how she likes to describe it, which depending on your perspective could either be a good time or it could be a miserable time. And, so she obviously she took consumed too much if that's how she's seeing it, because she doesn't say it in a positive way. It's not, Oh, I was, you know, I was so high. I was on the ceiling. No, it was just like, yeah, it was way too much for me. And so unfortunately she's very, she's not going to be taking any of my edibles. Even if I gave her something super low dose, she's, she's pretty cautious about that stuff. And I shouldn't say cautious. She is saying she does not want to take them, which is interesting because she trusts pharmaceuticals. And will rapidly consume any of those things to help with her her pain. But sometimes that's just the world you grow up in. And if you grew up in Reefer Madness, it's really hard to change the mind somebody of change the mind of someone who is who's that old. That's just the the fact of the matter. Um, so I have to be very careful, and I can't get her high, and I'm not about to change her mind either. So how I infuse these is. Basically, what you're going to do is you're going to drizzle the olive or avocado oil over the peppers at the time of serving. You could probably also inject a little RSO or something to that effect. Um, I was it full extract cannabis oil as well. A lot of those come in syringes. You could probably do something like that, too, like kind of drizzle it out or, or put some into it somewhere where it's going to get eaten but I find the drizzling of the oil is just easier and it looks kind of nice. And it's suggesting you drizzle olive oil on it at the end anyway. So you don't need a lot. I mean, it's going to be dose to your preference, obviously, but this way you can make a tray. The recipe calls for six of these peppers. I didn't actually have six. I think I had four. So I stuffed the four peppers. And of course, it's going to depend on the size of the peppers that you're using as well. But I had extra of the mixture and I just put it in the pan and baked it with the rest of the stuff anyway. So again, the peppers are always kind of optional, but it definitely looks nicer with the peppers. And so you drizzle it on the end and you enjoy. And that way you can make this you can make this tray of your half dozen peppers or more if you choose. And then you can dose them to the preference of whoever happens to be enjoying the pleasure of our company that evening. So if like me, you have a spouse who's not really into weed and an elderly mother-in-law who is certainly not interested in getting high, I can still dose myself and we can all enjoy a lovely meal together and I don't have to exclude a new one. Or you might have somebody, maybe you have more than one oil at home available or even one that you picked up from a local dispensary where you can also tailor that dose to different people who might be dining with you. So somebody, because I know my tolerance is about double that of my husband's. So I have to be, bear that mind as well, that if there is a time when he's deciding that he would like to imbibe a little bit, that his tolerance is going to be lower than mine. So I have to keep that in mind as well, as you should too. So this could be, if you're ever interested in trying a cannabis infused dinner for some people at some point, whether it's for friends or whether that's something you want to get into in a line of work or something to that effect, then this could be a good practice dish as well, because it does look nice. You can plate it to make it look really lovely. It's quick enough that it can be like a quick, a fairly quick weekday meal as well. It was just a really great recipe. So I hope you give this one a shot. I think you won't be disappointed in it. It's pretty foolproof as far as something that's going to turn out tasty and delicious. If you do try it, let me know how it turns out. You can always send me pictures, tag me on Instagram, whatever the case might be, email me. I always love to hear from you and see what you are all cooking up in your own home kitchens. So give it a shot. Let me know what you think. And until next week, my friends, stay high.